Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. Welcome. I'm Laurie Seymour, founder of The Baca Journey and host of Wisdom Talk Radio and mentor for those looking to connect with their own inner guidance. I am really pleased today to be here with a new friend of mine, Judith Tamara, who is a design, oh, I want to I come up with something new. She's a design genius. You know, she, she's like, she's a just design magician because she helps you figure out things like where your desk should go, what color to paint your walls, and all the little details so that you feel more at ease, like totally at home and completely held by your office, by your workspace. She holds a master's degree in interior architecture at the University of Oregon and is certified in design psychology. So if your office or workspace feels funky and not in a good way, you can invite Judith to take a fresh look at your space and get insights on how to bring your office into greater alignment with who you really are. I just want to take a deep breath because that's so, that has such meaning for me. And it's something that I know we touch on all the time here at Wisdom Talk Radio. And, um, and I hope you'll, you'll, you'll really dive deep with us today because at the end, we'll talk, Judith will talk a little bit about um, how to get a complimentary fresh look session for yourself. So, welcome, Judith. Hi, Lori. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Me too. And, and uh, for our listening audience, Judith and I had an amazing conversation, I don't know, a week or two ago. And um, at the end of it, it was like we just wanted to keep going and felt like, well, I think we need to do this as a Wisdom Talk Radio episode because um, we do want it to keep going. Exactly. <laughs> yes, we do. So I want to I help our listeners start to understand what it is you do. And then why do you do it? So what I do is um, I go into a person's office space and I work with them on their past environmental experiences and their future vision of what they want to become. And I create an environment that holds them in the security of their past and sets them up for success in their future at the same time. And I have a number of techniques that I use that both look to the past and look to the future. So I can really match the energy of the space to who you are and who you are becoming and what you are trying to create. And that's the essence of it. That's a huge essence though. <laughs> I mean, I, we don't think of our space as anything, well, it might be pretty or is it dirty or is it clean, but we usually don't, think about how to create our space except maybe to make it functional mm -hmm. and yeah. you're going to a whole different dimension of creating the environment so that it mirrors who it is that we want to be who it is that we are in yeah. our truth 
Exactly. There are so many ways that I can describe it. One of the ways I describe it is that um, our environment tells us a story. It tells us a story of who we think we are and who we are. Mm. And so part of what I've done is I'm certified in design psychology, and that really looks at the past environments that we've lived in. And we have a tendency, we have a human tendency to recreate our environments from our childhood and from other powerful experiences over and over again. The part of our brain, not just even the part of our brain, but the actual cells that hold these formative memories are also the places that holds the, our understanding of place. They're in the actual same cells. They know this in neuroscience now. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our identity is actually connected to the environments of our past. And we've all had positive environments and we've all had negative environments. And we tend to recreate the environments as sort of a mishmash, this part and that part, Mm -hmm. this positive or that negative. And what I do, one of the first parts I do is I sort out what are uh, environments that are holding negative stories of ourselves and what parts of our environments are holding positive stories of ourselves. And I research with you, I talk to you to find out what those positive past environments were. And I bring the material cues, the material aspects of those environments into the current space because those materials actually re-cue us to those internal emotional experiences that we had the positive ones in our life. So, so given it, I need an example. Yeah, so I'm trying an, to connect yeah. it. So for an example, uh, when I was young, this is from my life. When I was young, my mother, who is a lovely person, she's an artist. She would, uh, on really rainy, thunderstormy days for evenings, she would sometimes take my brother and my like little play tables and put it out in the shed. And my father was an amazing gardener. So the shed wasn't like the shed with all sorts of stuff in it. It was a little tin roofed structure. And outside of it are these like amazing, like bright hyacinths, you know, the purple hyacinths, like a sea of hyacinths. And the table was red and the light, you know, the light that you get when you're under trees and there's a thunderstorm and the sound of it on the roof, the power of that made us both feel so special. I mean, I still, oh. like my hair stands on end yeah. even mm-hmm. to remember it. And that environment, in that environment, I felt free. I felt really, really free, really powerful. And I was a young kid. I was like seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. when mom started doing this. And so when I'm creating a powerful experience for myself, I actually have chosen and love to live in the Pacific Northwest where it rains all the time, right? And in our part of the Pacific Northwest, it rains all the time. And the sound of like rain on the roof is some of my most creative, powerful free time. And the light, when you've got the light of thunderstorms and the light of rain, really reminds me of that space. In addition, I have internal things like the purple of the hyacinths and other things like that that I can bring into my environment and that will also trigger it. So that's an example of bringing those colors and those textures and those sounds and those smells and becoming cognizant of what 
environments I feel free in, what environments I feel most myself in, and creating that environment around me actually settles me into that experience consistently in my office. And from that space, I can create a lot better. Like I can create from a powerful place. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, I can feel the fullness of that. Now, I, I, I want to kind of turn that just, hmm, I don't know, maybe a 45 degree angle. If, if you're moving into a new aspect of yourself, if mm -hmm. it's not about necessarily reclaiming something that was really uh, creative, powerful, whatever from one's past, but you're really moving into something that, sh that is brand new, that you haven't touched yeah. or tapped into yet, but it's, it's incipient. It's like that incipient light that is just beginning to dawn. Yeah. How, do you, how do you tap into that in the creative environment that you're speaking about. Exactly, and that's, that I consider it a two-pronged two process. One is looking back, because I think that really settles us as a grounding. And the part where I look forward, there are a couple of ways that I do it. Um, at the simplest level, in my conversations with people, um, I come actually from a channeling background. Mm -hmm. So I started years and years ago as a channeler, and I asked myself, what am I doing here? And the response had been repeatedly environment. You're here for, for working with environment. And specifically, the question I asked myself is, how does this manifestation stuff really work? I wanted to know really how it worked. Mm -hmm. How do we create our own reality? How do we move into the next space? And the answer that I kept getting was environment, environment. So on the simplest level, when I'm talking to a person and I'm exploring what they want and what they like and what they're trying to create, I can actually feel it in their vibration when their soul opens. Mm -hmm. And that's how I know I follow that little path. Yes. And I, you know, I'll ask, for example, I asked, um, well, this is still a look at the past, but I asked a woman about her most powerful places that she's been in mm -hmm. and the memory that she came up with was this experience that she had with uh, ripping open a grapefruit. Ooh. Right? And, mm. and how the juice broke all over the place. And normally she's very, um, what's the word, tidy. But she, was, she didn't mind having it drip down her. It was such a visceral experience with that color and so forth and so on. And that was the place I could feel in her voice. Just mm -hmm. the way she described it, that that was a real strong soul resonance. Yes. Yeah. So we followed that. And, the, and with her right now, for example, in the design that I'm doing with her, we are painting the insides of her cupboards, her organizational spaces, these bright, you know, Rio Grande, whatever the color of the name of the grapefruit, the Rio fruit, the bright, bright pink fruit, mm -hmm. grapefruit color on the inside. So that we're bringing that space of order and that space of exuberant wildness together, you know, like bringing that dichotomy, stealing that dichotomy or collapsing that dichotomy between being organized and being wild and free. Yes, I love that you said that collapsing the dichotomy because what you've got then is you've got manifestation. Exactly. And manifestation is all about freedom of choice in space. Yeah. And we have so many shoulds and so many rules, and they do show up in our spaces. You know, I can't, I think this is especially true for women and workplaces, because there are so many rules 
around ourselves and our power and so forth and so on in a workspace. I can't be too loud. I can't be too quiet. I can't be too creative. I can't be, you know, boring. You know, that, that mm -hmm. these dichotomies make us crazy, really. And really what we're going for is our personal expression of ourselves at all times yeah. coming from that place of power. Yeah. And that place of interconnection. Yes. That place of interconnection and that place yeah. of, of, um, of freedom, really. Mm -hmm. So, so that's, that's, that, that's really beautiful. I love that. I love your example about that. Um, but what brought you to this? I mean, in other words, how does doing this work speak to your own soul? Uh, how it speaks to my soul? Well, part of it is just simply being creative. Um, I'm an artist, I'm an intuitive, I'm a channeler, I'm sensitive to space, I'm sensitive to energy, and I have experienced space as transformative. I mean, I think that a lot of interior designers, even if they don't go down the routes that I've gone, can be very, very traditional interior designer, mm -hmm. recognizes that space is transformative. I yes. mean, it's not said that directly, but I think it's, a, you know, it's an open secret <laughs> in the industry, <laughs> you know? Um, and the second part is really the reason I focus on offices specifically, but really any space is that, um, and I work a lot of my clients are women too. I'm very, you know, that there's an appeal for women. And for me, um, there is a capacity for the importance of a, per, of a woman being able to express her power in this world mm -hmm. is very motivating to me. The, for women to be able to be fully present in this world, to be fully expressive, to bring themselves fully into the material and still be expressing their spirit and their soul just with this juicy hugeness mm -hmm. um, is so, uh, is, it's so important to me. I mean, important is not really the right word. It's so vital to yeah, me. Yeah, I, I was hearing the word essential. Yes, it's so like vital. It's so full of life. And it's so like each person that does that, a network of that energy is built around the world. Yes. And yeah. as that network of energy is built around the world, it heals things. And I know that that sounds like heals doesn't even capture it, but it no. just, it just is so like, what, what else can we do, you know? And there's so much that is within our office space or within our personal space that can support us even when the environment around us, like beyond our walls, yeah. is not supporting us or is, or is asking us mm -hmm. to compromise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when we're in a space like that, we relearn how to be. Yes, yes. So I, I, I'm putting together, I'm thinking about, okay, in my work, what I do is I'm working with the inner environment so that people's outer environment reflects that, so that they're not distracted, they're not pulled off course by all of the things that can pull us off course. <laughs> and so that inner relationship really is becomes that inner environment and that and whether it's it's either peaceful or it's not it's either mm -hmm. filled with love or it's not mm -hmm. and that's when we separate from ourselves exactly. so 
you, it sounds like, and, and I want to say this and see what you, how it feels to you. It sounds like you're working with that, that level of environment to support that inner connection from, from the outside, from that immediate space where we spend a lot of our time, our workspace. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe it's very visceral how it happens. Like mm -hmm. that retraining is very, I mean, we, our environment is one of the pr biggest predictors of behavior that there is. Mm -hmm. And we know this in terms of, you know, we hear it in the, uh, around when people talk about, um, you know, surround yourself with people who believe in you. That's a form of environment, right? Yes, yes. And surround yourself with the beliefs and the structure and all that sort of stuff that it's going to take you to where you want to go. Mm -hmm. This is another layer of environment is the materials in the space. The, yeah. the materials that say that you are abundant, that you, that you are spacious, that you can take care of yourself, that you can relax, that you can express yourself that all sets you up for being able to do that. Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. And that happens both on an emotional level, a spiritual level, and a practical level. I mean, when I'm working with a space, we're also looking at these practical things of, um, you know, does the work flow, right? Because then, it, then you can get the work done. Mm -hmm. And then you have the second layer of, you know, how does this feel emotionally? Does it feel nurturing or does it feel powerful or creative to you? And then we work on the spiritual level, which is what you were asking about, about future um, mm -hmm. earlier. And then that's where I'm actually looking at the energy of the space and the energy of your soul, soul expanding. Mm. So those are the three levels that I'm working on. Yeah, yeah. So speaking about the energy that your soul is expanding on, I know that you have, that you work with these energy design cards. Um, mm -hmm. I got mm -hmm. to read your last newsletter and you, you talked about one of the cards and I, you know, my, everything in me kind of um, lit up, you know, and was one of like, Ooh, I want to know more. So you know, I want to know what are they and tell us about what they are and how do they, how do you use them in your work? So, yeah, those were things and they are, they're, they're this beautiful deck of cards that I have. And when I'm working with your space, I do a reading on them basically. And, um, it tells me, well, there's a number of ways I can do the, the reading. It tells me the structure, the form, the colors, the energies, and the images of what is going to draw your soul out, basically. And um, how I've used them in the past has been, and I think I explained this to you before, is like they are very, they can be very nonverbal. They can be very, in the past, they have been very nonverbal, and they also are not um, this one-to-one -one correlation. Like picking a card doesn't say blue, you know. <laughs> the wall will be blue. Right. It, it's much more complicated than that. It is a form of geomancy. It's a little bit like um, uh, in the old days, they would throw rocks on the ground in, the, in a pattern, and then you would scry from it. So um, it's a lot of factors intersecting each other it'd be it's beautiful and complicated to explain so so and, and i want to be clear these are cards that you have created yes this is a deck of cards that i created when i was uh i'm gonna tell my age here when i was about 25 and i'm 50 now 
So uh, 25 years ago, and that's when I had this moment where I was, I was asking what I was supposed to do in the world. I was mm-hmm. channeling, and I was asking how manifestation worked. And I literally like had this, you know, existential crisis where I lay down on the kitchen floor for two days going, what am I here for? What am I here for? What am I here for? And it came back that I was, uh, that I wanted to do work with environment. And I channeled these in three days, literally. Uh, It's a deck of 39 cards. They had three, the suits came down, the names came down, the images came down, the whole thing came down and then I spent 20 years trying to figure out how to use them basically. yes yep and that's the decoding process I mean it's it like I, yeah I, I see that so so similar to the way I work with receiving energy and, yes. and energy transmissions and then it's like okay well we don't know what that's about <laughs> until we start to decode that yeah and that's the research that's our own research and we can't go to anybody else we can't go to a book to find that out we can't go to a class to find that out and it's gotta go inside it's an amazing experience and it's like it's literally the most endlessly fascinating thing for me yeah and um so at this point though it's starting to actually piece out into different i'm understanding how it works like i can verbalize it Mm -hmm. and in the past i have what I say is I, I scoop up the energy, I do the reading, I scoop up the energy, I give the meaning to the client, mm-hmm. scoop up the energy metaphorically with my hands and pretend that I pop it like a pill. <laughs> and then I'm doing, then I do the design because I can feel the resonance in there. Yes. And a lot of time I'll lay the cards out while I'm doing the design so I can mm-hmm. feel, yes, this needs, she needs more space here. She needs a, she needs a harmonious palette. Mm-hmm. Uh, she needs, you know, warmer colors versus cooler colors. She needs contrast here. She needs bigger yeah. photos, you know, that sort of a thing. And then, then I'm also working with them on these other levels of like asking them what they have and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what their space involves and so forth and so on. And I do do this online. So this is not like I don't have to be local to do this. That's a really good point. Thank you for mentioning that since our listeners live all over. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and it is, and then I work the design out and then, and then I present the design to the person and we tweak it a little bit, but it's usually good to go. Do you ever locally go to someone's place to do this? Yeah. I, if, if it's a local person, I'll go there for okay. sure. Yeah. And you work beyond just offices, right? I do. So when I'm, at, when I'm talking to a person, my main focus is on what they're creating in their life. I mean, that's how we start the conversation. What are you trying to create? Now, a person could be saying um, that they want a bigger business or they want a more abundant um, business or they want more income. They want to make more successful calls, right? All sorts mm-hmm. of things, sales calls. And, and in searching about it, we may come to the conclusion actually that what they need to do is to have a more nurturing space, for example, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and more nurturing other spaces, what I call ally spaces. So we might actually end up working on their bedroom mm-hmm. because that might be the place where the sticking bit is. You know, right. I'm, my fresh look sessions, I look for exactly where that sticking bit is. Like, what's going to loosen this up to get the ball moving, right? <laughs> I love that phrase, the sticking bit. The sticking bit. So, for example, this one woman that I just talked to, um, she she was asking about her office, right? And it came up in the conversation that one of the issues that she was having is that she wanted to have altars in other places of the house, right? 
Mm. As a you know a professional husband who's maybe not as like woo woo as she is and so forth and so she's always had this hesitancy about really expressing that out but talking to her more it became obvious and she knew this too that this was an ongoing lifelong pattern it just didn't happen with her husband of mm -hmm. containing herself yeah and if you look at her office everything is crammed in there right everything is in there mm. and and it's a beautiful office but it it has a spatial uh, language that says, this is mine. Yeah. I'm and squished. <laughs> I'm squished. And I'm a lot, you know, and so the first step for her is actually actively moving herself out of her office. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also I gave her the homework of going into spaces where she needed to practice being big and inhabiting. Mm -hmm. This is actually something fairly frequent that comes up with women is that taking up space. It's like, yes, just do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Take up space. <laughs> yeah. And if you can create that in your outer, immediate outer environment, then that exactly. goes out from there. I always think of those as concentric circles. Exactly. You know, that exactly. we start from in here, but then we, we go out and. And we physically move differently and we mm -hmm. physically speak differently. And we conceptualize, we have different ideas when we feel like we actually belong to the rest of the world. Yeah. So, so why would um, someone, what would be happening in someone's life where they would think, I need to have a session with Judith? <laughs> I think of it as, well, a, a lot of the time it's people who are in transition. They're like pivoting their business. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know that experience, I don't know if you've had that experience where you, uh, you, f you feel a little bit tight in your skin, like you want to out, you want to grow past the limits of your yep. skin. Mm -hmm. I've even, I've written blog posts about that. <laughs> that experience is like, I think key for me. I know that I need to change when I start feeling restless. Ah. <sighs> You know, and where it, I can't settle into my space. I might notice specifically that I get up a lot and leave, like I'll be halfway through something and then I'll just have to like bolt out the door. Yeah. That sort of a thing. Um, you can't get settled if you're feeling a lot of distraction. That's another kind mm -hmm. of a clue. That's a really good point. Um, a lot of people come to me when they're, um, when they are, actually having some sort of physical environmental thing happen like they're moving their office maybe they're starting a home office and they've always worked out or, or the other way around or sometimes it's like an empty nesting thing it's like your son moves out and it's like there's, there's a room that i get but that's that's a really emotional transition maybe yes 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 so it's it could start even as a as a design process you know or as a design thought within them Mm -hmm. But somehow they have some other deeper knowing that there's a bigger picture that they're going to be get, getting to deal with here. Yeah, what I consider it is, is it's a design opportunity where they are already feeling, or maybe they're not feeling, but you know they're starting to feel like their previous way of being in an office didn't quite work. However, that was whether it's practical, whether it was like I just want to be more organized, or whether it's like. I want to feel abundant and spacious and luxurious. Mm -hmm. I want to come from the place of self-nurturance, however they're verbalizing it. Mm -hmm. And then they've got this opportunity in front of them to move uh, to their new space. But yeah. that, I call those internal versus external motivations. 
it really doesn't matter whether it's motivated internally or motivated externally. Mm-hmm. There's always a potential in, in shifting your environment. Like there's always, whether you're doing it because it's an, a practical thing or whether it's because it's an internal thing, there's yeah. always an advantage to, to, to making these changes and setting yourself in place. Yes. I, I feel, um, I feel your passion and your commitment to this. Mm. And, and I, and there's that little part of me that's curious, like, and I asked it one way, I want to see if I can ask it a different way about how you really came to this, not like I was asking about what I needed to do. And this is what I heard, but there's something in this that represents or mirrors something within your own life journey. That, you know, it's funny what people say, people have asked me that before, like, and it comes across as like, what is your story? And I, I don't, maybe, and that maybe that's wrong. Yeah. And it is, but I don't really know yeah. what it was that made me decide this. I just know that it's always been what I decided. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's I, something in, in, yeah, I don't think about like really what's your story, but I think of it more as that um, we teach what we need to learn. Mm, okay. And it's not that you, I mean, you know all about this, which is why you're doing this work. And yet I, there's perhaps something in terms of your own environment that has been so important or meaningful to you or. Yeah, no, I, that's a really good way of putting it. And thank you very much for putting it that way, because that makes sense. Um, I think that, and I don't think I'm unique about this. I think that uh, needing to take up space Mm-hmm. is really important. Um, one of the things that I think comes up also, especially with a lot of the clients that I work with who are <clears throat> nurturing people, and I'm a very, very, very nurturing person. I'm a very much like a giver and a, mm-hmm. you know, a mom and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a tendency not to put ourselves in our own space. And... Um, mm. You know, we create everything for everyone else. Mm-hmm. We make it really wonderful for everyone else. But we minimize the power that we are. We minimize who we are um, as important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that issue for me of saying, yes, I am important. And that if I'm not in the room, the room is not as good a place. You know? Indeed. Yeah. So it is, it's, it's really, it's like, I think even the experience, and I've actually seen this with a number of clients, even the experience of taking the time to, um, to do this for themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a transformative experience even before you get the design. Right, right. Because mm-hmm. how many of us have looked at those kinds of things that, you know, I've been playing with that idea of, of those early environments, you mm-hmm. know, just since, as you've mentioned that, um, that's powerful. I, and I know I'll go back and I'll spend some more time with that. Yeah. 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 So, and, and I want to say that it's not just a thing for women. Um, yes. As I'm, as yeah. I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about a client of mine who has never put himself in his own space. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, yeah, he can do all these things out in the world, but it's like everybody else has always created the spaces for him and he's just fit in 
in his own way. And mm. I, and I think there's something um, a little sad about that. A little, you know, it's just a little, it makes me a little teary to think about that, that how we need to, in order to claim ourselves, we have to also claim our space. Exactly. Otherwise we don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's good that you mentioned that about men because um, I have not had that many men, male clients, and I think that's just in part just what's happened in my life so yeah. far. But I have just, my husband is a, um, we have a, a wild mushroom business, and I have been looking at him and saying, okay, it's your turn. <laughs> uh, We're going yeah. to, because he's wanting to move from his smaller office at the warehouse up to the upstairs. Mm -hmm and have a bigger space. And I said, I'm, you're going to talk to me and we're going to do this. We're going to do this right. And he's very, you know, he's, he's very like, well, he's actually extremely, extremely giving and extremely self-sacrificing and extremely relationship oriented, but he's right. a hardcore atheist. <laughs> and he does not believe in this energy stuff. Right. Right. And so you have to verbalize it differently. Yes. But, um, he's a perfect example of that kind of person, that kind of man who really does. He has that belief. He's from a farming background. He has that belief of working himself to the bone. He has that belief that, you know, it's all about providing for your family and your kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that can be just as destroying to a man as, as anything is to a woman too. And it, it is, it's heartbreaking. Sometimes I want to smack him. I'm like, Ch -ch -ch. Yeah. you have any idea how important you are. Yeah. And no, he doesn't is the answer. No, he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, yeah, I'll, I do. I'll reminding him. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. And what an amazing opportunity in creating this new space to introduce some of those things in a way that goes beyond simply telling him how wonderful he is. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think he is wow. Well, Judith, thank you so much for this. this I, I feel like I could go on and on. And um, I, I know that our time, you know, I want to respect your time and our, our listeners' time as well. But I do want you, if you will, to um, speak a little bit about the Fresh Look session that people can explore on your website. Yes, And absolutely. let them know where you, how to find you on your website. Yes. So my website is uh, judithtamara.com. It's J-U-D-I-T-H-T-A-M-A-R-A-H.com. I think I got that right. You did. H's and A's. <laughs> I was like, where do I stop? And, uh, and you can sign up for a fresh look session there. It goes right to my scheduler. And I do it online all over the world. It's about half an hour. And what you do is you bring to me um, what you are trying to create in your life and what you are uh, currently experiencing in your space that might be frustrating. And that time period, I ask you a few questions. Sometimes they're very strange questions, just depending on where it goes. You know, they can be kind of, it's a, it's a meditative, you know, inward looking kind of a thing. Um, it's not about, you know, what kind of, do you like? <laughs> right, right, right. And, um, and what I do is I get to the crux. This is what I feel is like the crux of the next step or the issue that you're having with your space and what you can do in order to get that energy moving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's very, it's very laser pointed. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I usually give you an exercise, like a practice to do. 
Um, I can modify it specific to your specific issues and so forth as specific things that you need to do. Mm -hmm. And then if you're interested, we can keep talking about what it would look like for us to work together. If that felt like the right choice for both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we can, you know, we can talk about what that looks like and and how that, and how that happens because Mm -hmm. when I'm doing a session, when I'm doing my program with someone, so I work on one room when I'm doing the paid program, because um, a fresh look session is free. When I'm doing the paid program, it can expand or contract in time based on your time needs and based on your budget and based mm-hmm. on so and so on. So it, for a lot of the women that I've worked with, a lot of the people that I've worked with who are entrepreneurs or professionals, they, they have a very complicated schedule. And so we try and fit the whole process. And, and I demystify it a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds wonderful. And thank you for offering that to our listeners. Uh, okay. I think, um, I think you might get inundated. I would, I love being inundated. I completely love doing these things. I, I love meeting people and I just, uh, I'm literally, I could talk about people's space all day long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of a strange thing. And my kids get kind of embarrassed. About it. <laughs> Stop looking at the ceiling, mom. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> looking at the, the sprinkler head and stuff like that. Um, and the other thing is, is that you can sign up for my newsletter there. And once a month, as you said, I, I pull a card for the community, the collective environment that our um, that our world is stepping into. And I give practical tips about what that energy is looking like and what modifications we can make in our environments right now that will assist us to step into that so that we're more aligned with the earth and the earth energies that are happening. Yeah, that's so wonderful because we are in a time where we need that. It's a very powerful time. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much, Judith Tamara. It's just lovely to be with you. You are welcome. It's really awesome to be here. Mm. I love your questions. They're like, (laughs) make me think. (laughs) Oh, good. Yes. And thanks to our listeners for being with us at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination of your journey. And remember, you can find us on iTunes, Google Now, on Spotify, on TuneIn, and more. Why not leave us a review and let us know what you love? See you next time. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.